Timelines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, I am talking about the future of agronomizing nutrition with Agri's Fertilizer Technical Manager, Tom Land, and Jamie Little, who is Fertilizer Product Manager with Agri. Today, we're going to be looking at the question, what does agronomizing nutrition actually mean? And how can this help growers produce sustainable and, of course, importantly, profitable crops? So let's start off by finding out from you guys, what does your job title mean? What do you actually do in your day job? So, Jamie, let's start with you. You're a fertiliser product manager. What do you do? Um, so my, my job within Fertiliser Product Manager is 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 really everything fertiliser. It's um, everything from looking at uh, farmer soil samples to to selling fertiliser um, and and incorporating the whole um, agronomizing nutrition package for for our customers. And you also get really heavily involved in nutrition plans, don't you? Yes, that that would be one of my main jobs through through the winter months from sort of uh, October all the way through right right the way through to January, making blends and, and grades for for farmers to tailor make to their cropping requirements. Brilliant, and I'd like to hear a bit more about that later on. So we'll come back to you on that. And, and which part of the country are you are you based? So I'm based uh, covering um, the the Ludlow, Shropshire area, as well as uh, covering Derbyshire and and up into Staffordshire and, and Leicestershire. So quite a large geographical area. Let, let's come to you, Tom. So uh, your technical manager for fertilisers, uh, what does that in, entail? Yeah, hi, Tony. It entails quite a bit, really. I, I have a job very sim- job role very similar to Jamie, but another part of my role is the sort of technical side of fertilisers and crop nutrition. So uh, I spend a lot of my time looking at what we can do to develop products for the future and also um sort of um test products that uh you know are they going to do what they say they do and 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 are we going to get more use efficiency out of products as well so um a lot of r&d based activity um and uh, a lot of activity out in the field dealing with customers uh, and dealing with with guys who are putting together our trials and our r&d projects very interesting so there's a lot going on there um but let's start with that big question um Agronomizing nutrition. Well, what is that, Tom? What, what does it actually mean? It's a it's a very flash word for 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 meaning. We can we can just put a bit more effort uh, and focus into um, the basics of crop nutrition. We can take crop nutrition and make it as technical uh, and also quite confusing uh, as people like. But we can take it from a simple level uh, and make it more practical. Um, and applicable to the to the to the grower in their own geography uh, and and growing systems as well. So it, it doesn't need to be anything too complicated, uh, but it's more focusing the nutrition and tailoring it to the grower and their needs. Yeah, and focusing that nutrition is something when I spoke to you uh, to both of you uh, before today was something you were both really passionate about getting right for your your grower customers. Um, let's just start though with a couple of principles. Um, from the point of view of getting nutrition right for a crop, I know you both talked about getting the soil health right. Tell me a bit more about why is that starting block so important? Uh, maybe, Tom, you'd like to start with that. Yeah, no, that's okay. I mean, soil health is is a, is a hot topic at the moment, of course. Uh, but we have always known that if you improve soil health, you improve the use efficiency of the fertilisers you apply. You potentially have got the ability to reduce the fertilisers you apply. And even 
you know, you might change your decisions on what fertilizers you decide to use along the way as well. So soil health is the, is the fundamental starting point. Uh, we've all got one common go goal and that's understanding the soils better. And in turn, that will help us understand how we can, how we can utilize fertilizers better as well. Yeah, and, and Jamie, I mean, you know, how do we actually get to understand soil health? What, what do we need to be looking for? What can we analyze? Um, how do we get that full understanding? Well, there, there's sort of some key areas that, that we need to, to look after in terms of our soils. L looking into the, the, the soil analysis and soil indices and soil tests that we're doing, everything from looking down through soil beta tests to, to looking into active carbon, as, as well as looking into uh, your, your organic matter. Um, and, and a good sea carbon to nitrogen ratio is key. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is the foundation. Um, I can see that. Interestingly, uh, this morning, it's very, very heavy rain outside uh, where I am today. I'm down in the southwest of England and really heavy rain. In fact, also a lot of hail. So it just shows where the temperatures are at. How important is getting that soil health right in terms of helping that crop get away in the spring, even after a difficult dry spell that we've had and cold temperatures? That's a really good point, Tony. It's hugely important because the weather patterns we seem to have now is we tend to get feast and famine with either rainfall uh, or extremely dry conditions. And if you've got good soil health or, 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 or you know, you're improving your soil organic matter levels, you hopefully can mitigate the effects of the weather and potentially climate change uh, as part of what you're doing because you know, we know that you know, the dry, dry weather conditions have impeded nitrogen use efficiency. Uh, certain fertilizers would have been lost to the atmosphere due to volatilization. So their efficiency has declined. So are we having to uh, spend more money and apply more fertilizers or should we have applied the right fertilizer at the right time uh, and the right product? And that must be a really difficult question on farm. I mean, Jamie, we were talking earlier um, about your nutrient plans, but, but you can do all that planning. But then, of course, just as Tom said, we, we come into a spring like we've got this year, farming, everything changes. We're dependent on that weather, aren't we? So what can an agronomist do now? What can a grower do now to react and help nurture that crop through these next few weeks? In, in terms of looking at what the, the current crop is within the ground and, and what their, their, their cropping requirements are in terms of phosphate and, and potassium is, is sort of key. Looking at a, a standard winter wheat crop of, of eight on a hectare uh, and an index of, of one of P and K, that crop will require 90 kilos of phosphate and 75 kilos of, of potassium. You know, one of the one of the key things that we are looking at due to the, the weather and the climate and the conditions that we're seeing through through these winters that are quite harsh is to is to make sure that these crops have readily available phosphate and potassium within the spring. You know, and, and some of these nutrient plans are, are changing in terms of instead of applying autumn applied um, PSP and, and, and MLP, it's 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 applied in the spring. Um, you know, there, there's also other things within the dry weather conditions that we had within the last little while, um, looking at foliar nitrogen and then topping it up with, with sort of long chain urea, urea polymer products. You know, all of these type of things to feed the crop that we have is, is vital once we come out of that, that win those winter months, um, especially on, on, on the harsh weather conditions that we had last autumn. 
in terms of crop establishment wasn't exactly what you would call um, brilliant across the country. Um, so it's all about trying to keep those tiller numbers, you know, that have survived after the, the winter months and, and ensuring that those tillers that we have are, are kept um, in a really good condition and, and are fed the right nutri- nutrients. So coming back to that question, what is agronomizing nutrition? It is exactly what I, I can hear you talking about is, is making sure that crop has exactly what it needs to be able to reach its best potential but then also making sure that that's done according to how that crop's developing um, also as we come into that early spring. Is, am I right in understanding that? Yes, that, that would be 100%. It's, it's everything from looking at the, your, you know, your tiller numbers within the spring to, to looking at what nitrogen in terms of nitrogen testing, what nitrogen is, is within those, in, in those crops at, at certain times. What nitrogen does that crop require? Have you fed it the right phosphate and, and potash? And, and sort of looking at everything from a from a what is the yield potential of that crop to what nutritional um, requirements does it have? Yeah, um, and we've mentioned it a couple of times without going into any detail. But these nutrition plans that I know you're both very very involved in. In fact, uh, share a little bit about the acreage or the hectareage that actually you advise on because it's quite staggering. Uh, well, I thought it was staggering. Uh, tell me, chap. So, uh, Tom, I mean. What is a nutrient plan and, and sort of what sort of acreage are you guys advising on with those? Well, I'll cover the nutrient management plan parts. A nutrient management plan is obviously a key requirement for growers um, in terms of something to have um, at the start of the season, you know, in, you know, what their intentions are, taking account of, you know, very standard things in terms of previous cropping, soil type, uh, geography, rainfall, uh, any previous manures or anything like that. But it's a really good starting point to say, this is our plan. Are we going to stick to the plan or are we going to go off plan due to maybe weather conditions or, or crop potential? So I can't, I can't emphasize how important a nutrient management plan is and how important it is that you actually revert to the plan through the growing season and decide, are you, you know, sticking? Are you, are you twisting, so to speak? Um, in terms of do you alter the nutrition you're applying due to the, the crop conditions and the weather conditions at the time. We've also got to highlight that nutrient plans are, are important for, for compliance, but also they are hugely beneficial in terms of understanding crop offtakes uh, and nutrient utilisation, not within a 12-month period, but also within, say, a full crop rotation as well. Right. Okay. So very involved. So they're not just one piece of information in isolation. It's part of a whole picture of, um, of you know, a farm or, a, as you said, a rotation. Jamie, give us some insight. I mean, I, is this a secret? I don't know. But what sort of area are you guys advising these nutrition plans on? So within the sort of Ludlow and, and Bartonfields region, we probably would average about 50,000 hectares worth of nutrient plants. It's it's quite it's quite a, a large quantity that 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 we look after. W- one of the main sort of things that that drove me very much down this route is is there's a number of different types of fertilizer that is out there on 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 the market. You've got straight fertilizer, which is just straight elements in 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 on their own. Or, for example, when I was starting to get involved within these nutrient plans, I was finding that, you know, a lot of this could be done, you know, coming up with bespoke grades um, and, and looking down that bespoke grades. One, one of the key things that drove, it, uh, drove me down this route was 
you know, coming up with these bespoke grades, but also I've created a, a cost calculator, which gives gives us and the farmer the ability to create a, a grade that is tailor-made and a prescriptive applied fertilizer tailor-made to that farm. But it also makes it quite a lot cheaper per hectare um, than, than using straights because of the, the number of passes that you can cut out and that you can reduce. Um, obviously entail that, that will improve your, 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 your carbon footprint and, and re reducing your number of passes, obviously reducing your, your diesel and your fuel and, and, and increasing your, your efficiency of, of, of having more time available. So if I'm understanding that correctly, from that nutrient plan, you're also able to then uh, recommend supply, obviously, is that bespoke blend. So the farmer's getting exactly what they need for that particular crop or field, um, but also that can help them in turn reduce their cost of actually applying those nutrients as well. So we've got that real commercial benefit. Have I got that right? Yeah, very much so. You know, a lot of them that I've done this year, we've had a huge cost saving per hectare by, you know, applying a prescriptive grade fertilizer tailor-made to suit that farmer's requirements. Um, because obviously going across a field five or six times using straights is, is in some cases, uh, you know, especially on, on mixed farms, isn't always economically viable because their, their, their time is, is sort of quite valuable in terms of if they're a dairy farm. Yeah, and, and we were talking before that actually um, you can do a bespoke blend um, down to quite a, a, a relatively small area, can't you? Yes, it, it can be done on a on a very very small area. You know, sort of anything from eighty to to, to ninety um, acres. Um, it's just ensuring that sort of we we meet our our minimum order um, quantity in order to produce that grade. Yeah, very good. And, and Tom, this is something that sort of I'm thinking on behalf of our our listeners here. So, where you where a grower is already doing a really good job in terms of getting their nutrients uh, specifically tailored to that crop. Is there still room to improve the performance of the crop and, and the financial benefit? Is there still room to get even better at what we're already doing well? Yeah, I, I, I think there is actually. I think uh, there's always a, an opportunity to improve. Uh, and I think that's where we kind of, you have to complete the circle a little bit here as well. And that's where looking at the you know retrospectively at previous years in terms of either what what helped performance of the crop or what impeded performance of the crop but one thing we we conduct as a business is grain analysis and grain analysis is a really good way of actually taking a look back and saying how well did that crop utilize those nutrients that were applied how efficient was the nitrogen use uh, from the fertilizer and in order to complete that you really do need a soil mineral nitrogen sample at the start of the season and grain analysis at the end of the season. And then from that, you can fairly much calculate how, how efficiently, particularly nitrogen, but also the relationship to nitrogen and sulfur as well, in terms of did you apply enough sulfur to the crop that season? Um, and, and you can then start to make changes for the forthcoming season. Uh, one thing we've been picking up is, is low phosphorus concentrations in grain. And phosphorus is hugely important for the fertility of the following crop. So if you're looking to keep that grain, for example, for a seed crop uh, or the fertility of your next you know, crop you're growing, then maybe we should be thinking about how we can improve the phosphorus use efficiency in that crop. Now, that might be anything from 
using fertilizers that have products that uh, increase phosphorus availability, like P-Reserve, or even considering applying uh, foliophosphates or foliophosphites to the crop during the growing season to help improve that uh, transportation of phosphorus within the plant. Okay, so that, that's really interesting, that, that loop back to review uh, in order to be able to take a step forward for the next crop. Um, I want to move on because we've got so little time uh, and you guys have uh, so much knowledge. Um, Tom, can I ask you, what, what top tip would you give to growers um, about what they should be thinking about right now that can help them with the crop that's in the ground, but also thinking about uh, your points about looking ahead? Yeah, so we're probably um, somewhere between growth stage 31 and and 37 in cereals, depending on where you are in the country. Um, we're probably not not yet at gross stage 37, but it, it'll be it'll be upon us fairly shortly. So we're probably coming to the end of our, our nitrogen applications. Um, people may have held off because of the dry weather. Uh, I would encourage anybody who who hasn't yet finished applying their fertilizer to get you know all the nitrogen fertilizer that they planned or intended to apply onto the crops now while we're getting some moisture. Um, that's hugely important in terms of helping the crop finish growing some biomass. Um, the other things to consider as well is, is thinking about your soil nutrient status in relation to micronutrient strategies, for example, as well, because you're coming at uh, up to a period where, you know, the flag leaf is probably going to have one of the biggest contributions to yield. And if you're thinking about where do I make the biggest investment, it's probably around about flag leaf stage in terms of um, trace elements. And you can use your soil uh, analysis that you took at the start of the season to formulate maybe how you might um, put together some foliar nutrients that you'd want to treat that crop with. Yeah, valuable advice indeed uh, for growers right now in season. And Jamie, I know you said that today you're going to be doing quite a lot of planning. Um, what are you thinking about uh, looking slightly further ahead? Well, looking into the future, obviously, one of the, the other hot topics that's around about at the moment is, is the discussions around urea. Um, and, and one thing that I, I would look into is, is, is I would definitely be looking at, you know, those urea users who, who are using straight urea. I would be looking at, you know, exploring the options or the ideas of, of using, you know, protected ureas and ureas with inhibitors on them, as well as, you know, if you look down the liquid side of things, Obviously, there, there is products out there that, that reduce volatilization um, and denitrification. Um, you know, there, there is a huge amount of changes that are going to happen within farming in, in, in the next five to ten years. And what I would say is, is sort of be on the front foot of those, those type of things rather than being caught out in, on the back foot. It sort of it's, it's probably better to be um, proactive rather than reactive. Well, thank you, Tom, and thank you, Jamie. Um, you clearly have so much expertise in this field, and thank you very much for that really interesting insight looking at agronomizing nutrition. Agronomy solutions that will and can deliver really tangible financial and environmental benefits very quickly, I think, when adopted on farm. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you would like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.